So good morning, Sash. Another show. Good morning. Oh, I feel so tired. <laughs> Do you know what? I was just going to say, this is a tired day. So on today's show, we mm-hmm. have a singer. A singer. I can't sing that good. I yeah, used to be able to. No, mate. I used to be able to, but not anymore. I'm a bit rubbish. I used to now. think I could sing. <laughs> When I was out in the club, but I've never been able to sing. Oh, I loved a bit of karaoke. I used to sing all the time down the Prince. Any opportunity I got. I've made a few speeches. I've made a few speeches, actually, in the Prince. When when certain people in the area have passed, I've got quite emotional and got myself up on the stage and grabbed the mic and got everyone to do toasts. Yeah, I've done it. Grab the mic. Yeah, I've done it a few times. Yeah, I've always been quite, um, quite vocal. A bit like our next guest, quite vocal. Anyway, what have you been up to this week? Been to me mum's, been doing her kitchen, um, but she's not been great, so I've left her a couple of days. She's not been very well, yeah. and I've just been bored, really to be sad. honest, Seal. Yeah, I'm usually can find anything to do, but I think I've just been lazy this week. Yeah. You know yeah. when you think, I've just been watching shit telly, <laughs> to be really <laughs> honest with you. I'm not one that generally watches daytime. Well, I haven't been watching necessarily daytime telly. I go on and watch all sorts of things, series and all of that. But, yeah, I've just been bored. Oh. I like to be busy and doing and achieving something. I was just thinking, I was in the kitchen the other day, like doing the cupboards, finding something to do, Mm. doing the cupboards. And then as I stood up, there was a loud bang, like a boom, boom, like a bomb. Oh, yeah. And I thought... What's that? <laughs> I was like, oh my mm-hmm. god, it's some sort of nuclear testing. That was the first thing that came to my head, and it wasn't. You didn't it, think, so... oh my god, it's a war started. <laughs> well, I did think it was something nuclear. I've got to admit, because I've never heard that sort of sound. Well, I have, but I only heard that sort of sound, a similar sound, from the army days, from when I was in the TA. I've heard like yeah. you know controlled explosions, things like that, but I never ever heard a noise like that before that I recognised. I was like, what's that all about? Anyway. It turns out it was um, a sonic boom. I've never heard a sonic yeah. boom in my lifetime. And when I looked on the, the community group that I'm joined to, because I do get involved with the community wherever I am. I'm in Essex, <laughs> by the way. So I was on the community group and um, they were all saying about it being a sonic boom and that a plane had left Germany but lost contact with the control centre. I was, didn't realise that. Yeah, and it was heading towards, um, like heading towards uh, London, apparently, or Essex, I'm not sure. It was heading um, away. And they had to try and intercept it because they didn't know whether it was going to crash or whatever. So the IRF sent two of their really fast planes, and that was the noise. Oh, that was the sonic boom, that not was... the plane. Oh, I didn't realise the plane had got lost or lost contact. The, no, the sonic boom was the noise of the RAF. Planes going. Yeah, that's to, what I'm saying. I thought yeah. it was the German and what it one. is, that noise is when you break the sound barrier. You break the sound yeah. barrier. So they did that to go and get, get to the plane. They got to the plane, and by the time they reached the plane, it had reconnected into the control thing, and they knew that they were okay. So they uh, escorted they it. They thought it was a German invasion again. Yeah. That's why they got so lively. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They escorted it to land into one of the airports. I think it was... Stands did or something they got it to land there but yeah that was what it was I was like oh never experienced that I didn't realize I didn't read about it to be honest with you Seal well I was reading something 
to said that they don't often do that. That's probably why I've never heard it in my lifetime. It's rare. And the reason yeah. why is because it can cause so much environmental damage. It set off all car alarms, um, like an earthquake would. Yeah. Yeah, so it causes, it kills all um, birds in the sky. Some people have told me birds will just drop in. Um, so yeah, it can do stuff. It's quite dangerous. So they don't do that. It's very rare. So. But then, I'm not being funny for them to do it. Like I say, they thought it was a bloody German invasion again. Something. For them yeah. to get their planes out and they've yeah. got no contact, they obviously see it as a threat. Yeah. Especially to escort it in. Yes, exactly. And as you oh. say, to break the sand barrier, they, the damage it can do to the environment and whoever else. Yeah. 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 They don't do it, obviously, that regular. No. <clears throat> so well done. Oh. RAF. Well done. Go for okay. it, boys. All right, Sash. So let's get ourselves together. Let's begin the show. Let's go. You know there ain't no alligator We're down in Canyon Town well, There are dogs and there are sharks And they'll skin you if you don't watch out Talk about Canyon Town you know what I mean? Oh, talk about Canning Town, West End, London, E16. Morning, Sash. Morning, Seal. So, morning, Val. Morning, Sash. Morning, Seal. Morning, Val. <laughs> so today's show will feature our lovely, 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 lovely female companion, Val. Um, Don't figure up too much. Yeah, she's going to talk about her experiences with her career and her beautiful, beautiful voice, which I, I am a bit biased, but I do love. So, we're gonna... <laughs> so Val, you were yeah. pretty extrovert from a young age um, and the opportunity to perform came quite early for you. I know yeah. that you're um, extrovert and quite, you know, this is me, because you are, of course, my sister. So can you tell us about the early year, the earliest opportunity you remember performing for a crowd or for an audience? The earliest years I can remember, right. Um, St. Joachim's School in Camden Town, off Prince Regent Lane. Um, and I remember going into uh, assembly and everyone was singing, um, all things bright and beautiful. And they were all out of tune. I thought, how can the entire school be out of tune? In my head, I was thinking they're all slightly under the note. They were all out of tune. So um, that's when I thought, ooh, th th I thought that's when I thought I've got an ear and I can feel it now, I can, I can feel it. My, I've got a very good ear for sort of sharp or flats. And I just thought, ooh, they're all out of tune. And my second opportunity was when I was um, in uh, Infant 2 with Miss Halpin. <laughs> yeah. I met Lorraine. Yeah. And me and Lorraine would go around all the infants 
um, and singing songs to the infants, uh, I don't know, maybe to calm them down or whatever. And Miss Halpin used to sort of, um, I think it was around the time when she used to comb all the, the kids' hair to check the knits and things like that, Miss Halpin. The knit nurse. The knit nurse, Miss Halpin. And we sang, Billy, don't be a hero, don't be a fool <laughs> if you lie. And we used to sing that. Me and, me and Lane we used to sing that. Um, that was then. And then I always used to sing. I used to have all loads of records. I had loads of 12 inches and albums. And I, throughout all my childhood, I used to play records all the time, sing along to the radio. Yeah. I used to sing 40, sit and sing all the top 40, do all the BVs and listen to the top 40 every Sunday. Um, and so singing, it didn't feel like an effort. It was something that I could do. Um, Natural is breathing. Felt, yeah, honestly, Sash, it felt normal. I didn't, you know, everybody could sing, couldn't they? Because everybody can sing. That's what I think anyway. But no, it was. It was <laughs> <laughs> no, they can. But it was natural to me. That's I felt it, it was natural, basically. We yeah. had a thing at school called um, at St. Joachim School when it used to mm. rain. It was mm. wet play. Wet play. Everyone yeah, get everyone in. Everyone in. <laughs> so everyone used to have to run into the hall and sometimes yeah. they'd have things out for us to play with. Other times we'd just do this game where you'd run around in circles. Yeah, and when that yeah. got a bit too much and we got tired, they used to make us all sit down. And I remember you singing then to entertain oh, yeah. the you wet play. Very good so Valerie I used to entertain the school. Yeah, when it was wet place, they used to go, now we've got Valerie and to sing, and Lainey. Lainey did it it as well a couple of times with you. Yeah. Lainey had a good voice. Lainey's a good singer. Yeah. Me and her, when we were like, we had a good sound, actually, Mm. me and her. So she was was a good singer, Lainey. Yeah. I wonder if she's always singing. Oh, but she's always singing, Lainey. She's always singing. (laughs) Is that her profession? The lady who listens to it? No, No, she just enjoys singing. Well, for me, what, Lane? Lorraine? Yeah, Lorraine. No, I don't think she went into, I don't know, admin or insurance. I'm not exactly sure what Lane did, but um, right. not as a career. But she uh, she was a good singer, Lane. Yeah, she was. Yeah, yeah. Mm. She's a good storyteller. She's a really good storyteller. Yeah, she's a good storyteller. But I don't remember all those things you were saying about what we did. I remember our brother being Jesus. But <laughs> 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 Yeah. He was in the school play and made everyone cry. I remember, I can see him now. On the cross. Was he on the cross, Val? Did they do a little makeshift? No, it was when he was, I can see his hands stretched out and sort of blessing everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I can see So what made everyone cry? I don't know. There was something about his Jesus that was really... um, Touching. Yeah, Sash. I don't know what it is. It just, some things just get to you. And I remember that. That was a seminal moment in St. Joachim's history. That was a seminal moment. Yeah, mm. to reduce everyone to tears, it must have been. Yeah, he was good. If I was yeah. to sing, I'd reduce you to tears because of the sounds. No, <laughs> everyone, everyone, everyone. I, you know, I've got, yeah, everybody can. Anyway, move forward. Um, I worked in, I went right up till about 11, 10, always singing, doing that all the time. I remember going to, to visit my cousin in um, West London, Lawrence, who died in 2008. And I remember going into his room and he was really trendy, he had a big afro and he had a like red roll neck and red flares and platforms. And on the wall, <laughs> I saw a poster and I went, oh, I know that woman. And on that poster was um, Linda. 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 And I would, thought, that, would that be the singer Linda Lewis? Linda Lewis. Lewis. Linda Lewis. Yeah. I'm thinking, I know her, I know her. I'm, I go to school with her brother and sister and all that. They're really good friends of mine. And I looked at that poster, I thought, oh my God, I love 
I, that, that's a really great picture. And I looked down and he had the album, uh, the Lark album that she made in 1972. And I thought, oh my God, I love this album. And from then on, I was just enthralled by this particular artist. And I remember coming back and that weekend, walking up to onto Prince Regent Lane across the road. And I thought, oh my God, that's Linda Lewis. And she was standing in the bus stop outside Ernie's sweet shop. And she had her big, a big Afro and a beautiful fluffy coat. And I just was just, she's a superstar and I'm a huge fan. I've been a fan of her ever since. And I remember thinking, I kind of want to be that when I grow up, wherever that was, whether it was what she was wearing, what she represented, how she looked. I just thought, I want to be that. So you was is. in awe of her? I was in complete awe and a super, super, super fan because I then really started listening to her, her music and her album, that album, The Lark. And that was a really big influence on me. She still is a massive influence on me. The so Lark, is that is that who you would say would like pointed you in the direction, just how you looked and felt and, cause you could yeah. sing anyway. Yeah, I could sing anyway, but I didn't know, she just represented glamour and, and uh, success and, uh, a way of getting out, just, there was something um, about- Do you reckon it was because she was a woman as well? And she was a woman and she was a black woman who was successful and looked yeah. amazing. It was a very, yeah, I can feel it now, but outside Ernie's, Ernie's Sweet Shop. Everyone who's from Canning Town, Custom House knows Ernie's Sweet Shop. And that's yeah. where, where I saw her in the bus stop, the 262 bus stop. <laughs> yeah, because that, that Ernie's Sweet Shop used to have uh, games machines in there. Yeah. Place um, Invaders. We used to yeah. go in there and play space traders, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And so that led me to thinking, oh, ooh, that's something I can do. And then I didn't think about it for years, but it was always something in the back of my mind. I never thought about it as a career. I just thought, oh, it's something, you know, she just is glamorous and I want to be her, whatever that is. Um, so what was, on, I mean, what was your first um, earlier jobs before you actually went into the singing? Well, earlier, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had a really good job. I worked in Ramishes. You know Ramishes on the corner? <laughs> yeah. I worked in... Sash, you're going to laugh when you hear this story. I worked in Ramishes for about a year and a half, right? And I worked because I wanted to save money to get my... Well, what, it's, what it was known, of, known as in hip-hop days, the ghetto blaster. But I, I bought yeah. a sharp... I bought a sharp um, double um, tape ghetto blaster from Reggie. Reg, still. Okay, this is That's, a. I bought it. it I yeah. bought it from, from Reg. From Reg. It was beautiful. From Reg, you know exactly what I mean. I yeah. Reg. Yeah. Yeah. He I was the father. Reg. Sorry, Val. He was the father yeah. of someone that used to be my best friend, Reggie. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. God bless him. No longer with yeah. us, but go on, Val. But Reg, and it was him who had it. You're the one who told me about it. Oh, Reg, sort of. Thingy's dad has got this ghetto blaster thing. Yeah. And I went, all oh, right. So I worked in Remishes and saved up money to buy my two um, tape sharp, beautiful sounding ghetto blaster in Remishes. And Sash, yeah. I worked in Remishes for a year. Yeah. Mm. Serve, serving and packing boxes. And I was sacked after a year. And why was I sacked, Sash? I, was just, I don't know. I was just going to say, why was you sacked, Val? Because you like taking over this a bit. <laughs> well, you get going, move on now. <laughs> <laughs> I was sacked quickly because I used to eat donuts. They used to have packets of donuts and I used to eat the donuts. And when I've eaten, I, I would eat sweets and donuts all the time. And when I'd finished, I'd just take the packet and throw it at the top of the massive boxes because they were piled boxes at the back of the shop. 
And what happened is one day he moved all the boxes and found all these empty packets of donuts and realised I was eating the stock. And so I was sat on the spot. And you ate more than you earn. I ate more than I earn. However, I earned enough to buy my ghetto blaster, which cost at the time £70. Wow. That was expensive. I remember my one had yeah. detachable speakers. You could clip them off and move them. Yeah, mine was lovely. It was lovely. An amazing sound. And with that that introduced me to the world of Greg Edwards from there. And I listened to Greg Edwards every Saturday right the way. And that gave me a world into all the music I could get. I can go up and down the, the radio dial. And that's what introduced me to a wider range of music. Right, it introduced me to Radio One, um, Greg Edwards on a Saturday, Robbie Vincent, blah, 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 all the way through. Okay. So did you used to record off the radio, Val? Were you a, a twin? Bit, yeah. yeah, I used to record yeah. the radio. Yeah, yeah. and I was desperate. That. Yeah, I was desperate to go to gigs. I wanted to go to gigs. And my mum, mum, I remember my mum wouldn't let me go and see Kate Bush when I was about 13. She wouldn't let me go and see Kate Bush, who was at the Hammersmith Odeon, which seemed like a hundred miles away, miles yeah. away. Yeah, yeah. Of the, the district line. Oh my God, it was like Hammersmith. I want to go to Hammersmith Odeon now. And she wouldn't let me go because it was too far. But yeah, that got me in. Yeah. All and the how way old through. would you say you was at that time? About 12, 13. Yeah, so you can understand really. why she wouldn't let you go all that way? No, Sasha. Oh, okay. <laughs> no. Because I'm, res I'm resilient, responsible. I'm an East End girl. I know what I'm doing. I was perfectly capable of getting on the train and going all the way there. So no, I didn't understand it. But now of I do. But, no, <laughs> but around that time, I was thinking, oh, I could sing. I, I could maybe maybe just do it for a laugh or whatever. And I remember getting, going in a, getting an audition in the NME newspaper and going around the corner. Um, opposite the library on Prince Regent Lane, there was a house or something then. I went there and did an audition for this oh. band. And that's when I sort of got together with Paul, which is Linda's mm. brother, and we formed a band called Charm. And then we did an audition there. And I did an audition with my song, You told me you were leaving and I had to let you go. I thought you said you loved me. Oh, oh. And that was the first thing I wrote. <laughs> and so... <laughs> For my audition and from then on me and rock me and paul started working together and we used to do work in men's clubs i can't remember what, what there was one in plasto which is mum his mum used to run pubs and we used to do that kind of thing all the way up when i was in a teenager and we did all that around the east end area but i can't remember the names of the clubs you're better at it in the so your memory is much better but there was working men's clubs up by bell oh, they was everywhere though in them days everywhere. Wasn't they? yeah everywhere. Was, i can't yeah. remember what pub Lil, his mum, used to run. I'm not The Raglan. Sure. That was the Lord Raglan. There we go, the Lord Raglan. And there was mm. another one. And I, I remember me and Paul singing and these people just looking at us, drinking their beer, completely unconcerned. <laughs> 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 we did that, yeah. Lily was but a character in her own right, wasn't she? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. She used to run the buses. She used to get, she'd be a conductor on the 262 and we'd wait at the bus stop by Ernie's. And she goes, hey, our girls. And she just throw all the money at us and we'd wait and get, and get the money <laughs> off the, the bus. And then we'd go and get sweets in Ernie's or go to Lens. Remember Lens? Yeah, Lens. Get, yeah. Get, um, we used to go to Lens and get sweets there, which was for, which is past the pub on the left. Um, what yeah. was that pub? Uh, the Not in the Arms. Yeah. So beyond the Not in the Arms, on that left side, there was a guy called Len and you'd get your, your penny sweets in there. Your... Um, uh blackjacks and your um uh, all out the jars and the jars yeah and your yeah. um 
fruit salad and all that. Kind yeah, of stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that he was the shop that you could take your when it was the nineteen seventy jubilee, seventy six jubilee. Everybody rushed to Lens, and he took people's coins and exchanged them for fifty pence. Yeah, it was a yeah. lot of money then. The jubilee. Well, I wouldn't know that because I'm not that old. I'm just. I don't subscribe to knowing anything about that. Cow, of that. But you know what, Sash and Sil. What? For me, the music industry wasn't where we lived in Canning Town, so I was really desperate no. to get because I thought it's just not here. It's in Hammersmith Odeon, and it's in yeah. um, uh, um, the, uh, the talk of the town in in uh, what's it called? Well, it's Trocadero now, but it was out in Soho. It, it was, was all like this. everything was at the city, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. So my desperation to get out there—that was a huge thing for me. So. That was always my aim. I need to get out. I need to get out. And I, I remember, I thought I had to work. And I was working in a bank at that time. I did. I never not worked. I never <clears> not worked. Really. I worked <throat> when I was 15, 16. I worked in a bank. In those days, people would come to you and they'd say, oh, look, you know, there's jobs to be had. Why don't you try this out? So there was jobs in abundance. So yeah, you could walk job, from one job. to job to job to the other. Yeah. 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 So I work in the bank. Go on. 19, I remember me and Paul still hang out. We still did odds and ends together. Um, and I remember I went as far, I got to about 20, 19, 20, and I worked in um, uh, Harrods when I was really young. And I remember Paul was living in Brixton with a couple of people who were in a band. And he called me up and said, Val, there's, I'm living with these two people, Jade and Ricky. They're in a the band, they're gonna sign a record deal. You should really, they need another singer. I'm, I'm gonna send them to Harrods and you can check them out and see what you think. I'm like, all right then. So I'm working in the food department, which is really great for me. <laughs> I remember that was a Friday. Jade and Ricky walked in and said, um, oh, we need another member of our band. We're signing a record. I went, all right then. So that was a Friday mid afternoon, about 11. And I went to the um, supervisor and I'm leaving. <laughs> and I left that day. I'm taking this food with me. Yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I used to work in the hamper department. So you <laughs> took a good. hamper for yourself? I took a hamper. <laughs> but I used to work in the hamper department. I mean, I'm skimming over lots of stuff because there's loads of, we haven't got a lot of time. So I'm trying to get through as much as I can. And anyway, so I walked in, I got left that job that afternoon, signed a record deal on the Monday. And then I was off and I signed with Jive Records. And then we went off and started touring. And we were in the band, the band was called Jeunesse and we toured around Europe, did loads of PAs and that's how it kicked off. And that was for about two two years. That was quite good. And I got to see a bit of Europe and everything. So oh, that must have been nice. Mm. So when was your um, introduction into Galliano? Galliano, can you like to, would you like to tell the listeners about the kind of music Galliano produced, Val. They were um, an acid jazz group. Well, it was kind of acid jazz, but you've leaped a lot. There's a lot gone on before then, but of course we're rushing ahead. I'm, I can see what you're doing <laughs> now. But Galliano, yeah, good. Galliano, let me think about this, right, so. Val, this, ain't, this is your life, right? <laughs> yeah. This is a small little glimpse <laughs> and a glimpse into your life. I know, it's very interesting. <laughs> Am I boring you? I'm really sorry. No, 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 no. Really? It just amazes it's just me that we've got a lot to fit sort in. Of dominated. It's like, like, wait, let's move on now. And then it's, <laughs> oh, you're skipping loads. <laughs> yeah, it's just that we have, you know, we, I want to try and fit as much as we can in. Yeah, I'm No, you're right. quite easy to talk to, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. And where you know what you want to talk about as well, it's just flowing off your tongue. I think that's because you're a born entertainer. Some people <laughs> you have to prize. 
Yeah. Uh, Some yeah. people you have to literally ask the questions. It doesn't necessarily yeah. just roll. Yeah. But yeah, with yeah. you, it's like, oh, you've got the stage, go for it. Okay, all right then. So I'll keep it really simple. So I was working with Steve White. Steve White used to drum with Paul Weller, right? I was working with him and a guy from Level 42, Phil Gold. Yeah, and I remember yeah. Steve saying to me, this is Span I've been working with. Um, I think you'd be really good for them. I'm going to send you up. They were, they were looking for a singer. You should audition. So I went off and I auditioned for them. And the way I auditioned for them, I went up to Soho and went to that Italian coffee place on the Ron on Frith Street. Can't remember its name now. Anyway, I went there. They were questioning me about what songs I was into. And I was like, oh, you know, this and that. Stevie Wonder, da, 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 da. And it goes, okay, she sounds all right. We'll go for the audition in South London. Went for the audition. I remember going in there and it's really weird thinking, oh, I've got this in the bag, knowing it was mine. I knew I had it in the bag before I didn't know my mouth. But anyway, did the, did the audition. Thought, oh, okay, that's fine. Okay, thanks. See you later. Because when you do audition, you walk in, you sing, you go, hi, thank you very much. You do what you need to do and then you leave. And that's it. And so the manager called me. I said, oh, they're not sure you like them. I said, why? And he went, well, they, you just did it and went. I went, well, that's how you do an audition. You go in, you're pleasant, you do what you need to do and then you leave. And then you get to know them afterwards when you've got the gig. Mm. And so I had to go back and sort of chat to them, make them feel comfortable. Now I know what they were doing now to see, to see they, 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 to see they sort of knew if they could get on with me. That's why they were doing yeah. all this chatting after the thing. But anyway, I was in and that was that. We we're off for six years. We toured together for six years all around the world, all around Europe. And basically it was part of the, Galliano was part of the Talking Loud label. Um, Talking Loud was started by Giles. Uh, Peterson and he had initially done a label um, with a guy called Eddie Pillar who was on Acid Jazz. Okay, Them can, two I, can oh, I ask for the, for the listeners who is Giles Peterson? Well Giles Peterson is a DJ, is a yeah. massive DJ. He, um, he was, he used to work for KISS FM. Basically he started off on KISS FM then went through on Pirate Radio, he started off on Pirate Radio. I was just going to say, Kiss was Pirate, wasn't it, back in the day? Yeah, he started off as a Pirate Radio station, but then it came, became legitimate. But he was basically DJ when he was 15 years old. Went through all the kind of different machinations of Pirate Radio to Acid Jazz, to Radio One, so on and so forth, until he got to the point where he could actually have a label. He was offered a chance of starting a label with I Universal mean, Music. And that's how Talking Loud started. Okay. But prior to quickly prior to that he was in a, he was in a, uh, a partnership with a guy called Eddie Pillar um, um, and their label was called Acid Jazz those two split Eddie Pillar went off with Acid Jazz Giles went off and started Talking Loud okay, okay so what other artists were under the label Talking Loud Talking Loud it was uh, Galliano Incognito Young Disciples um, who was the other one Omar Omar, exactly. Oh, Omar. there's nothing like this. Don't nothing, put that in. That's got to be cut right out. <laughs> yeah, so Omar, yeah, so Omar. And then obviously Eddie Pillar went off and signed Jay, Jim Rockwell. Okay. And, and that's how. And so anyway, talking land. So when I went off and did that first, those few tours with Galliano, they were signed to talking land. And that was a buzzing label around the early 90s. And we did loads and loads of tourings. I mean, we did. We were on the road for six, seven years. So that was a long time. Really? That's a long time. Yeah. All around the world. Because in those, that's how you did. You just toured. And yeah. it was great. Yeah, I got to see the world. Oh, yeah. It's great. Yeah, it did look like and a great old, time. How hmm. old was your vow at that time? So um, like, I, experience all that. That must have been fantastic. 
yeah, I was in my 20s, 20s, early 30s, yeah. You know. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> it was a great time because, you know, there's no responsibilities. You travel the world, you get on a plane, you just see different countries. You. It was just you know, all about you, really, wasn't it, in a respect? <laughs> yeah. No well, ties. Yeah, well, yeah, no ties. It's great. It's a great place, a great way to tour. It's great. And that went up until... Um, the late 90s when um Galliano broke up and that was finished and um and there was I was trying to get a record deal and that you know like that was kind of not happening and that was a bit hard work really <laughs> and then I started doing sessions for loads of other people name you some know. of them Val that you've worked with uh okay I've got a little list and I, I know that sounds a really um ballsy but I have to tell that I, I won't remember um let me see okay James Blunt um I worked with Brian Ferry about Lenny Kravitz Leon Ware Paolo Latini late Malena Shaw Bill Withers Al Jarreau quite a few Jimmy okay. Somerville Richard Ashcroft um from uh, The Verve quite a few people I mean you know loads loads, loads, loads. I know that you've obviously worked I didn't know all of them but you've also worked yeah. with Kylie Minogue and Jay you was yeah, back in for him, wasn't you? And still are, I yeah. I mean, I did, yeah, I did cry when, when that ended. Um, actually, I started working with Jay before I was working with Kylie because when all that ended, when all the um Galliano stuff ended, uh, I was like a bit, oh, what am I going to do? I've got to earn some money, I've got to, you know, so I tried to get a record deal that didn't quite work out. I did one album on One Little Indian and then I didn't have. I, I wasn't taken up for the second album, didn't do that. So then I had a friend who introduced me and said, look, look, I'm doing this gig. I've done this album with Jim and I went, oh yeah, I know them, I'm, yeah, blah, blah. She said, um, do you want to come on board and do some BBs? I went, yeah, all right then, do a little tour. What's BBs? So I, went, I went off for backing vocals. BBs, oh, okay. backing vocals. Right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, in the BBs, industry. backing vocals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I did that and then um went off on tour and 20 years later I'm still touring with Jay but in between that when he's not on the road I was then asked to do the Kylie, Kylie Minogue showgirl tour which went from 2003 yeah Kylie Minogue and that was the I think that's the best tour she's ever done and we did that for about four years and that was great I loved working with her she's one of my favourite artists to work with. One of my favourites. So Val, were you working that with Kylie? Were you working with, saw it. Were you working with Kylie when she got her diagnosis then? Yeah, yeah, I was on that tour. So basically, yeah, I mean, I took Jack, uh, my, my kid with me actually, because I'd had a baby by then. And uh, me and my husband went off to Australia and we took our little baby with us. He was about two. And he came on tour and we went to Australia for like six weeks. But I remember, it's really odd because we did loads of touring around Europe and in, in, in England. And I remember thinking I was, we did a gig at Earl's Court and the way the stage was, it went out into a long kind of um, road and there was a big circle at the end. Yeah. And I remember, they were right on the back of the podium. I remember watching her because she does this little thing on the kind of cake bit the sort of round bit in the middle of the arena and she was walking back and in my head I thought oh god she looks a bit tired today in my head I thought oh she looks a bit knackered anyway that that thought came and went we did that gig two days later we flew off to Australia with the baby and everything landed in Australia and myself and my husband and the kid and um, our kid were lying down the bed because I was 
so jet lagged. And that afternoon I was going to do a production rehearsal and a production rehearsal is the whole show um, just for camera angles and all that without an audience in the arena that you're gonna be performing the following evening. And I got a call from the, from the other singer saying, Val, Val, come upstairs, come upstairs. Um, the tour manager wants to talk to us. And I said, what do you mean? She went, just come upstairs, come upstairs. So I let, got up, really groggy, went upstairs <clears throat> and she went, Val, Kylie's being diagnosed with breast cancer. I went, oh my God, really, really? And he said, the tour's off. Um, you know, Sean, our tour manager's preparing sort of details for us to all get, come back to England because the tour's abandoned. So I walked down the stairs and then I found out five minutes before, walked down the stairs and Rob was already up with, um, the, Baby. with our babes. And we were going to go and we thought, let's just go and get something to eat. Let's just go and have a drink and go into the shopping centre. So I'd known what, 10 minutes? That's me in the inner circle. I'd known 10 minutes. By the time I crossed the road into the shopping centre, it was all over the news. It was everywhere. And I was like, wow, my God. And we'd just been told then it was already So had they done a the press release or someone's well, leaked it? I, yeah, I think somebody may have done a press release, <clears throat> but we knew that she... She maybe announced to the tour manager uh, and, and to let the tour you know, and then the press release, because the band knew before the press release. Yeah. That was about 15 minutes. Isn't that crazy? Mm, that was yeah. about 15 minutes. You so someone sold their story and got a few bob for it. I don't know. No, no. Yeah. I, I thought that it was very quick how it exploded. That's all. I mean, maybe but they would have to tell us first because that would have been awful. People That's coming right. Up to, yeah. Yeah. Know, yeah. So that was a matter of 20 minutes and that was a crazy time and that tour was abandoned and so we basically were really jet lagged and came back two or three days later and that tour was over. And I we remember that home. being called off actually and it yeah. all being on the nose. Yeah. That was a big deal, yeah. But then we went back a year later and completed the Showgirl tour, the show called Homecoming tour and okay. we went back again. It was a good thing. But yeah, that was tough. That was tough. Thinking that was a quite a, a big moment in terms of being involved in something that the world is also involved with when she got ill. But I've had two other moments. Um, I worked with Boyzone. I did a tour with Boyzone, which yeah. was such a laugh <laughs> for ages. I did a tour with Boyzone. And um, I was on that tour before Stephen died as well. That was yeah. weird. That was, an, uh, and I was informed, but someone just called me up. My sister-in-law called me up and said, oh, it's bad about Stephen. I went, Stephen who? She went, Stephen Gale. I said, what do you mean? I just saw him two days ago. She went, no, he's dead. And that's how I found out about Stephen. Oh, oh at the yeah. start. And I've been spending time with him and his husband, me and the other singer, in their hotel room. We were hanging out, having a drink. And that's odd. Yeah. That's yeah. Odd. And then 9-11 yeah. as well. I was in, in New York. We were in New York the day before 9-11, or two days before 9-11. Um, and we were doing a gig. And I remember on the day that happened, and myself and the two other singers, we wanted to get home early, so we had changed our flights the night before. In those days, you could just change your flight because the ticket's already bought, you know what I mean? And so we mm. changed our flight. We were flying home in Virgin, so we left. Our, our flight was changed, and we left at um, 8.25 a.m. on the day the first plane hit. And as we took off, I think we were possibly the last plane out of American Airspace, because as we took off up, um, I remember, you know, when you're taking off and you're flying, you get this boom, 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 and lots yeah. of the time that's the um, captain's seatbelt. Or yeah, you no, not basically. He's just saying you lot can get up now and walk around, and start. Oh yes, yes. It's the same yeah. noise, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. And But I remember it going a lot. I'm thinking, oh, that's going a lot. It just crossed my mind. And so we flew, got home, no problems. When we landed, they said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, there's been a terrible accident. And we were like, what, what? And then I put my phone on. It was like, bing, bing. All these, num- these messages were coming up. Where are you? Where are you? All that kind it's of close. stuff. So, yeah, oh, so that was, that. that was there. That was dark. Yeah. And the band stayed in New-, in New York for a week. They were meant to sort of start the tour um, to promote the album, the new album, Funk Odyssey in uh, LA. So those are three kind of wah moments. Major. Major. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. It, won't, it didn't just affect you. It was like nas- international news, wasn't it? Worldwide. Oh totally, totally. It's terrible. And I was with yeah. my friend who lived in 7th Avenue. And she's saying to me, I can see planes. I saw the plane, the second plane go in. I said, are you safe? Are you safe? That was weird. That was a weird time. That yeah. was a weird time. Anyway, I mean, I've had, yeah. Yeah. I was going to mention Let's about um, Jamiroquai. Um, me and Sasha yeah. went to, <laughs> we went to one of your gigs in Manchester because we wanted to we go. We certainly to did. Yeah. And it yeah. was great. Yeah, I really that was enjoyed the first myself. time I met Val, wasn't it? It was. Yes, it was. Yeah. And I, I, I um, took my, well, I call them my concert trainers. And I always wear yeah. these trainers for concerts. They're red, yeah. leather. And they're by, they've got a like, um, what do you call it? A Lamborghini sign on them. On, um, I love them. to make you walk quicker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're by, well, they're by Puma and they bought out a, a set of trainers that had a Lamborghini sign on them. They look wicked. And I always wear them to concerts because I like to be comfortable. Mm. And I had a satin um, short suit on. So I had a pair of satin shorts with a little black satin jacket and my red <laughs> leather trainers. Anyway, we had a great- I thought you had high heels on. No, I didn't. I had, uh, no, I had I my trainers on. Looking really good, actually, with Bob. She looked really sixties, actually. She had a really nice sort of dress on, if I remember. Right. No, she, yes, I, yeah, yeah. She had a, you had a bangs, didn't you? Like a nice, yes, sharp bangs. fringe, fringe. English fringe, yeah, fringe, fringe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was too fat. I put on white, <laughs> and then I tried my shorts on, and I thought, no, nah, I look like I'm busting out of these. So we best change into the dress. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good laugh. Yeah. Yeah, so um, afterwards we went to yeah. the after drink, oh, yeah, yeah, after party yeah. in the hotel, yeah, yeah, in the hotel. And then uh, Sasha uh, Jay came in and he came over. Yeah. I got him to take a picture yeah. with Sash. Yeah. But the way the yeah. picture was taken, they looked like a couple. Their clothes blended. Yeah, they did. They looked good together. Yeah. yeah, they looked relaxed. It didn't look like they looked like they no, knew I'm, well. They knew I'm really well honest or... with you because there was a couple of other women in there that was like yeah. all over him. I felt really a bit embarrassed. I felt like um, a groupie. <laughs> so I was no. a bit stand. No, but that's how I felt, Val. Do you know what I mean? You know, yeah. like there was that a woman that kept lingering in the background. And then when he, he went took to my phone, fo- go on. He went to me, she's a bit fruity, isn't she? Fruity, <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> no, he quite, no, he quite liked her. He thought she was cute. He thought you were cute. Oh. She's a bit fruity. Well, not being funny. I signed the photo for him. He never called me. <laughs> Oh yeah, for the listeners, tell tell the story about about the photo that Sasha had taken with him. Yeah, so basically, you know, obviously, if you're a superstar, somebody else comes and takes a photo, didn't they? They take a photo and then, then yeah. you sign the photo and give it to them. Well, Sasha, she, <laughs> the photo she took, she went, hey, I, she, she signed it. Basically, he was supposed she was supposed she signed it for him. <laughs> he thought yeah. that was really funny. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Can you sign my autograph? She gave him her autograph. 
and he thought that was just hilarious. He and loved, did he fail? Uh, yeah, he did. He thought that was really funny because you know when you're working with those big artists, to me, I couldn't give I couldn't give a shit. They're just people, and uh, because I'm in the industry, they're just they're just people. I, I'm yeah. I'm not phased by musicians. I'm much more interested in actors and actresses. I'm you know I don't care. So if I remember I, rightly, everyone was very interested in one of his uh, bouncers. Let's call it. Because he was quite good looking, if I remember rightly. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah? yeah? What's his name? I can't remember his name. Was it Mark? I'm not sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was cute. Oh, yeah. He's cute. Yeah, yeah I see. Yeah, I, I know who you mean. John. John. Oh, yeah. Is that who it was? John's I can't cute. remember. Yeah, John's cute. He's from South London. He talks like that, babe. Yeah. He's lovely. John. <laughs> Big arms. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. That's it. Because you've got a thing about arms, ain't you, Val? I've got a thing about arms. He's got big arms. He had big arms. We <laughs> anyway, that's a different story. But yes, anyway, they loved it. He loved it. He thought that was really funny. So a lot of these stars, they 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 want you to treat them real, but of course it's difficult, isn't it? Because you know you've seen them on telly, so you just think, oh, you know, some people just get frozen around them, and what they like is people to treat them normally, which is what you did, Sasha. You just went up and said, because oh, he went you know. to me. Do you want to mm. like? Should we have another photo? And I went because I was a bit awkward because there was all these girls in the background lingering. Mm-hmm. I was mm. like, why do you want one? <laughs> but I said it with a right pan face. And then But he found that someone, really funny. Well, he, he sort of looked at me as if to say, Did she really just say that? Like he wasn't yeah, sure uh, how to do it. But then me. yeah, but then he then, then yeah, knowing right. Jay, he found that funny. Mm. So yeah. Val, you did mm. Glastonbury how many times? Uh I did Glastonbury four times with Galliano. We started off on the jazz stage and then we moved to the pyramid stage. And that gig actually is online at the moment. Um, the keyboard player put the whole gig online from way back in 97, 96, 97. And, and I'm waiting key- short. <clears throat> the keyboard player was who? Remind, remind me. Ski. Ski? Yeah. Keyboard. Yeah, yeah, he put it on. Line. It's all online. If you just type in Galliano Glastonbury Live 96, you'll see it. It's okay. There. Now, there was another festival that you did that we wouldn't know much about called the mm. Midem Festival in the South. Yeah, it's a Midem. Yeah, in the South of France, in, near Cannes. It was in the 90s, but I don't remember if it's an industry festival. But the great thing about that was it was in celebration of Marvin Gaye's music. So they had all these really well known people from America flying in. Chaka Khan came there I w- and Al Jarreau was there and the Point wow. Sisters. And I remember we were in a dressing room next to the Point Sisters. And I thought, how can I meet the Point Sisters? What can I do to meet the Point Sisters? <laughs> so I went next to them and said, oh, can I borrow some eyeshadow? <laughs> and one of, one of them gave me blue eyes. She goes, here you are, honey. And she gave, gave it to me and I just put it to the side and I used my own makeup and then I brought it back. But just so I could actually say, I spoke to yeah, an one, one, one of the Point Sisters. Yeah, because I'm such a fan. Oh, I love the Pointer Sisters. I think they're great. Yeah. So it was a, great. And what, who else was there? Was Ashford and Simpson there, if I got that right? Ashford and Simpson were there. They were nice. Chaka Khan was there. She said, oh, that's really great. She sort of touched one of my tops and stuff. She said it was a nice top. And I remember Nona Gay, who was, um, who was Marvin's daughter, wasn't that kind to me? I don't know. There was some. There was a vibe. There was a vibe. We did this song called Abraham, Martin, and John, and when we performed it in the soundcheck, Nona Gay's uh, uh, Marvin Gaye's widow came down and said, "You can't do it. It's making me cry. You can't do it. I can't handle it." So we had to do mm. um, uh, "Got to Give It Up," and we had to learn it on the day. Oh, so you chose a one song 
and you'd learned yeah. it and then they said yeah. you can't do it yeah his wife couldn't handle us singing because it was she liked it but it broke her heart you know has anybody it was very sentimental to her my friend abraham remember that song that Marla yeah. did Can you tell was, me exactly and it broke yeah. her heart she couldn't handle it so we had to do um I used to go out to parties. And we had to do that. We had to learn it. Got to give it up. We had to learn it from scratch on the day. How? And then How? It How? How did you do it? How did you remember it so quickly? We had to She's learn it. She's a professional. We had to learn it. I mean, I don't know. We had, we're professional. We had to do it. There's nothing we could do. We had no choice, basically. And how did no it choice. come um, out? Being as it wasn't planned, how did it come out? It was all right. I think it's online somewhere, but it was all right. I can show it to you. I'll send it to you on link. But it came out fine. They liked it. But I think the audience found us a bit strange because we were sort of like hobos and them lot were in their jeans and stuff like that. And I, you know, it was a bit, a very, a very sophisticated audience, but we won them over in the end. So it went well. So basically you was the ruffians. We were the ruffians, exactly. <laughs> so why so, was she not worked. that kind to you? Well, I don't know, maybe she was a bit intimidated, but I remember at the after party, because I was introduced to her and she was like a bit cold. And then the after party, she stamped on my foot. And I thought, oh, what's wrong? What's wrong? I don't know. It was weird. Stamped on your foot? Weird. Yeah, when she walked past, she just stamped on my foot and elbowed me. And I thought, okay, I'm backing out of there. There's something, there's a vibe there. She's not, I don't know, I don't know. It was a weird, weird Ooh. vibe. Anyway. Good job at wearing can and tan and she done that, hey? Punched her fucking face in. <laughs> I would have punched, given her once fucking slap. But I thought, no, I'm a lady. I'm, in, I'm, I'm a professional. I'm a lady, yeah. Oh, gosh. So oh, um, you've done some personal stuff as well, like as in personal gigs where you've done a couple of weddings, maybe a christening. Yeah. You yeah. did a funeral um, some years back. It must be coming yeah. up eight, nine years, maybe nine years now. Um, yeah. For yeah. an old friend of yours, Sharon. Yeah. Is that right? Sharon. Yeah, I did Sharon's funeral. Um, who called me up about it? Was it you, Phil? I can't remember. But uh, it might have been Anne. I can't remember. Mm. But I did Sharon's funeral. Yeah, I had to do Sharon's funeral. We used to hang out. All of us used to hang out. Um, and there was a group of you used to hang out together. Oh, yeah, us. There was, <laughs> yeah, Sharon, Dennis, um, George. Yeah. 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 We used to do all that. And I remember that was, um, yeah, that was what? had to happen. What was that like walking into that church and seeing so many of your old friends turning up? I mean, you, you, one of the friends I can say um, was um, Jermaine Defoe's dad. And oh, he, yeah. he hadn't seen you for years. And I remember him going, Valerie, like really excited to yeah. see you after it, such a long it, time. It was weird. It was, yeah, it was not, yeah. It was a weird experience, but I just basically said to the um, congregation that I'm singing her back to her mum. I'm singing her back to her mum, right there. And I remember when I started singing at that song, How Great Thou Art, you know, Robert was a mess in mm. front of me. He just completely lost it. It was a very sad day. It was, and, and you know, it was a very sad day. It was, but it I, was. Must, I must admit, I mean, as, as everybody knows, I, I frequent a lot of funerals because of the photography that I do. Mm. But um, mm. that was the first time I've actually seen a congregation of Canning Town people um, uninhibited. Like you were saying to everybody, sing out, sing out. We're singing our home yeah. to our mum. And everybody started to join yeah. in. I'd never seen that before. Mm -hmm. So that was, 
everyone just mm. lost their inhibitions, whether they could sing yeah. or not, and everyone did it. It was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. I thought. Yeah, yeah. Mm, that was something. Yeah, to it remember. was weird. The last time I'd seen them lot was at um, George's funeral, actually. And George's funeral was huge. I remember. I, yeah, that was the last time I saw all them lot. Was at George's. Yeah, it was. Yeah. That was another one. That was fantastic, actually. It was yeah. a very, very brilliant send-off. Completely fitting to who he was also. Yeah. 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 But I did weddings as well. I, I, you know, I sang people down the aisle. Yeah. Yeah. I did weddings. I don't, you know, I'm not, you know, I, 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 I'm quite happy to sing, at, at, you know, just because I've done, I've worked with all these massive names. I'm still... Connected proud. to your roots. Yeah, you're happy to... Come back. Oh, yeah, I've got no ears and graces, and I hate all that shit, all those ears and graces. Why are you doing that? I hate all that. Mm. You know, I. No. no, 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 no. Poncy, innit? I forget where they come from. Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Yeah, I know where I'm from. I mean, I, you know, I do live a middle class life now. I know that. So they they're say. Yeah. And the middle class accent now, Valerie. <laughs> She's always, always spoken like that. No, she's always. Okay. Yeah, I've got you a friend. What? I've got a friend called Mark, and he calls. He says that I'm a Pockney. I'm not a proper Cockney. You're a little bit posh with a twist of Cockney girl. You're a Pockney. He says. Pockney. Yeah, I was told. I, I was. I remember. In, I remember when I was really young. Going, oh, you're so posh. You say one penny and not one pence. Just stuff. I've always been accused of being um a bit posh but I think because I'm a singer and there's something about articulation I can't stand it just gonna say that yeah but I can't stand it when I can't hear what people are singing so I like to people to people to be articulate when they're singing I want to hear your lyrics I want to hear your voice you know yeah so yeah I think it's got something to do with being a singing I want to you know but um, pronunciation and all the words yeah, I've always so it's clear yeah. you get more twangy when you're around people like you Sash you get more twangy what can yeah. I say I'm just gifted <laughs> yeah yeah, you do. We do. We revert back to the language that we know and love. It's yeah, true, though, because... Go on. <laughs> when you talk like that, I'm going to buy a sang, she's going to buy him something, you know? You know. Yeah. When <laughs> at certain shops that I've worked in, people just mm. looked at me because they didn't have a clue what I was saying. So I had to start pronouncing everything and talking a lot slower. <laughs> they would look at me as if... I say, do you not understand? They say, no, can you, can you just slow down a little bit? I think mm. I was like sat out of Oliver Twist to them. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> I, like... I live. I mean, I was saying that we this this podcast is about the real East End, whereas you know people talk about the East End, but it's the media East End, and there's a difference yeah. between the real East End and the media East End. Do you know what I mean? Because where where we're from is not within the sound of the Bow Bells, really. Mm. It's just, do you know what I mean? A true yeah. Cockney is closer to Shoreditch or kind of, do you know what? Do you yeah, know what I mean? it's up the city, the Bow Bells. Yeah. Everyone thinks it's yeah. like Bromley yeah. by Bow Bow area, but it's yeah. not. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. But then back yeah. in the day, there wasn't so many buildings, so the sand would have echoed a lot further. Yes, exactly. So it's a, it's a bit, yeah. And so I go, well, yeah, I live in the East End, but I live in the media East End, not the, not the real East End. <laughs> Yeah. Well, if you're talking about um, certain things about, about the East End, particularly our area, you were saying yeah. before, um, at one point when we spoke another time, you were saying about um, certain codes that we, that we just knew and they were, you know, everyone understood them. Like, um, you never leave your house looking a mess, whether you've got money or not, no one needs to know oh, your business. Absolutely kind of not. Thing. On my headstone, it will be, don't ask me my business, 
or don't tell people about my business on my headphone. No, no yeah. one needs to know business. No one knows. No, but it's true. Yeah. It's true. Absolutely I know not. so many people, they're like secret squirrel. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, yeah. even if you've got one pair of shoes, make sure those shoes are perfectly clean. You leave your house immaculate. Yeah. End of story. Like, you've written where they set all fur coat and our knickers come from. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when you've got a good coat, you can cover anything if you've got a good coat. Yeah. My mum used to regular. She used to, she was the original pajama girl, but she used to cover it with a Mac. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So she yeah, have good I can't shoes be on. That. You can't be in your pajamas. No, she would have a decent Mac over the top and nice shoes, or so you didn't really know that she had her pajamas on. Yeah, but from back in the day. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. She didn't go out in her pajamas like these people do now because I think that's appalling. To be honest, popping down the yeah. shop with your ass coat and your pajamas on, sort yeah. your life out. Yeah, yeah. I remember driving down to actually my cousins, and my cousin lives. Um, near the A13 and I drove her back, we went out for lunch and I drove her back, Janet. And when we're driving on up Old Ford Road, I saw this woman, I thought, oh, and this woman, please, had, <laughs> I quote you not, she had on house slippers, a dressing gown, without the cord pulled round her. But the woman was wearing pajamas, house slippers, dressing gown without the cord and a hair scraped back and a tin of beer. Oh, oh, nice. Good I look. Said, I said to Janet, no, no, no. I said, I, I know where from. Where we're from, we're common, but we ain't raw. We ain't raw. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's common and there's raw. And that to me was raw. And I thought, no, 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 no. We're never going to be like that. We're not like <laughs> no, that. No, I totally agree with you. I'm glad I'm that the supermarkets banned all of that and schools wearing your pajamas to go shopping. <laughs> What's it all about? I walked on the road in a house coat with, with no belt on. On the road. Well, I'm sorry, Val. You said it all when she had a can of beer. Yeah. <laughs> like, seriously. <laughs> that was all over. And that does not represent where we're from. Absolutely. No, that was that's a off. different era. That's the rough no, era that just yeah, don't give a I shit. Mean, yeah. Things like, like, I used to sign on on the Freemasons Road years ago. And that, that um, UBO at the Freemasons Road. Mm. Yeah. And you would never know I'd never pop to piss in. I mean, I used to have Chanel makeup and Clarins skincare when I had no money. Of I course you do. I'd expect nothing less. I suspend all my my UBO and I was only un, unemployed for about six months but you know no for any, spend- for any listeners no. especially younger listeners that doesn't know what UBO means it's that's the word the term for the unemployment benefit office but yeah. back in the day it was the gyro we spent our gyro check yeah on yeah. whatever it would be cast Instead in the post job office seekers. And yeah. you would, yeah, we would spend... It would be universal credit. But I've never been, I mean, touch wood, I've never, since then, I've never had to, you know... Endure the job centre again. No, because I, and, and th- for some reason, I've been quite consistent. I've worked consistently since I was 13. And mm. this period of time now is the longest time in my working life that I've never worked. And I haven't worked and, for a year. All and that's because I- of the lockdown. That's because lockdown, all the gigs I had lined up last summer disappeared, completely disappeared. Yeah. This is this is me myself. I thought mm. about going out all gate and getting a new job. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I am looking. You found you didn't I, get that, did you? I got it. <laughs> <laughs> that went over, but she's got it now. <laughs> <laughs> I felt well, why limit it, limit yourself, eh? 
I'd end up having that money instead of earning it. Well, I was thinking. No. I was thinking before when you were speaking about when you first saw Linda and her being yeah. a black woman, you know, and you wanted to yeah. be aspire to her, her glamour and all of that. Yeah. And then I thought about that line from the film that I watched and they mentioned the Lou Reed song, um, Walk on the Wild Side. And, um, and the Colour Girls. Yeah, that line yeah. of the Colour Girls. <laughs> but um, that, that, what the industry, it has for a long time been dominated by black women. And women of color, but mainly yeah. black women. And well, I know that you mean, you mean the back, you mean backing the vocals, in yes, yeah. backing vocal yeah. industry, BV industry has been dominated by black women. There are some black men mm. and there are some white men, but it seems to be and it always has been predominantly women. Can you tell us? Yeah. I'll be you know honest. That might can be? I, sorry, can Go I interrupt? Go on, Growing that. up, I didn't think that white women could sing. Really? Because when, yeah, because whenever I put top on the pop, top of the pop song or any of them, there was always black women. Mm. So I just assumed white women couldn't sing. No, no, there's a lot of there's a lot. I mean, honestly, no, there is now, but yeah. as a child, there wasn't that. Remember, many, oh, white people women. can't sing. There was then. There was then. You know, maybe think... it's just my who I liked basically, or who my mum recalled. My mum always used to take top of the pops. Mm. Yeah, but and I just that... remember seeing them. Mm, mm. There's a lot of, um, I think a lot of those bands back in the day, they wanted what they called the American gospel sound and they equaled the American gospel sound with the black women of the American, of American gospel because the, the biggest gospel God, singers yeah. were the Mahalia Jacksons and the Aretha Franklins. And I don't know enough about gospel. I don't know all the gospel artists, but what I'm saying is there was, you know, there was a, a big preponderance of women that came up with the church in America. And mm. I think a lot of artists wanted whatever that sound was, and they equate that sound to soul music, therefore black singers or black women. Yeah. And my the soul music is somebody who feels or sings through their heart. So singers of the 70s, the 50s, 60s, one of the biggest soul singers we ever had was Dusty Springfield, a white woman. Yes, true. And most to me, that woman is a soul singer. Yeah. She sings mm. the soul from her heart. You know, there were loads of. I mean, I remember there's um, there's a singer called Sam Brown, who yeah. is the daughter of Joe Brown and Vicky mm. Brown. Vicky Brown in the seventies was a great, a massive singer. Loads of BVs. But yes, uh, you know, she sang. I think she sang with Linda. She did BVs with Linda. But a, a great soul singer, another white woman, and there's loads, you know. And I think that's no, but I'm just saying, growing up, I said this yeah. to Scylla, um, just growing up, it's just obviously, my, obviously there was white people there, but it's just the parts that I remember growing up. Maybe, as I say, it was the songs that I liked. Yeah. They were predominantly black women. Do you know what yeah, I mean? But you're listening, yeah, but you'll, you'll probably listen to American, won't you? American soul singers, American music, yeah? Uh, to be honest, Mel, I can't yeah. remember. But of course, in those days, in the 50s, 60s, 70s, I mean, obviously there was segregation. So if you're here, if you're listening to a certain kind of music, soul music or whatever, you know, there tends to be probably black artists because they were segregated and they have to, they sort of, there was no mixing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. So if what, you know, so if you're seeing a black artist on American artists on top of the pops in 1972, Gladys Knight, for example, they're all black. Mm. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't see a mixing of the of the, of the um, so much. You wouldn't see the mixing so much. I would have thought. Yeah. 
But I think, but, but essentially, people equated black women with the gospel soul sound in America. So that's why it starts from there, basically. Yeah. They wanted, they wanted this, a sound. Now it's just whoever, you know, as long as you can sing and you can sound good, it doesn't matter what color you are. And there's loads. It's a, there's a big preponderance now. Yeah, and what, yeah, yeah. What, what happens to, to um, people in the industry when they reach a certain age? Or does that depend on who they work with? Whether they've got longevity, whether they can continue into well into their senior years. What's the what, well, is there an a, a shelf life for it? Yeah, like do their vocal cords go, or oh, like, do you have to yeah. maintain them? What? Yeah, as you get older, you do have to maintain them. You warm up and you sing every day. When I was young, I didn't think about it. I sang every day, all the time. Didn't have to warm up. Blah 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 blah. But as you get older. Yeah, you have to keep maintaining it. I mean, touch wood. I don't think I've ever really lost my voice. Only once when I was on tour, I got a really, really bad cold and um, I lost my voice. But yeah, you have to maintain it. And and as as towards the question of a shelf life, um, you know, I am rare in that I've worked with the same artist for 20 years or 20 years. But that's because A, he can't, he, he likes the sound, it's easy. We pick it up really quickly. We pick it up really quickly. And we, um, um, it, it's, it, it's he, hasn't, he, hasn't anybody new. he hasn't got to train anybody new and the experience yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm under no illusions. I mean, it's a looks or it's a looks industry now. It's very looks orientated. I'm under no illusions. I, I could be dropped in a heartbeat. So I say, great, you know, I've got this gig, but it's never, your gig. I never say it's my gig. It's a gig I've been doing for a long length of time, but I don't assume anything because you're yeah. only as good as your last gig. Somebody do you, else do, come do you feel that male artists are less bothered about the, the, the mature years of their backing vocalists than female artists are? Are they a female artist more conscious that oh my girls are looking a bit old now or they you know they don't suit the way I look anymore? Do you think that men are less male, male artists are less bothered about that and they'll just like what you just said you've been with Jay for so many years, um, he's a similar age to what you guys are. What do you think about that? Do you think that female artists are more conscious of making themselves look better, so they want to keep changing their singers, getting yeah. younger? Yeah. Female artists, there's certain female artists, right? If they're getting older, if they they can't... I mean, for example, if there's a female artist who's very white-skinned and blonde hair, she will have... Um, her band will be dark or Italian. So she or, stands out. Precisely. Okay. Or, and it's important, yeah. Like, I've got, I know one... I know one colleague who worked with Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Mm. And um, Anastasia would look them up and down and say, oh, your nails don't look great. And she'd make sure that everything around them was perfect on either side of her. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So you notice things like their nails and their shoes and say, oh, you can't wear those shoes because those shoes are sparkly. My shoes oh. are sparkly. Why are you wearing more sparkly shoes than me? So okay. she doesn't want to be outshined. She needs to be the one. And for me, as a backing vocal because my main career has been as a backing vocalist um it ain't about you no one gives a fuck about you it's about the lead singer you're supporting the lead singer even if you are a better singer than them which happens quite a lot you are it ain't about you yeah. no of course not you're, right. you're not the money you're maker not, they are yeah. 
you're not the money maker they are you're supporting them so you 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 support them so for example when i worked on the kylie tour there was a uniform i loved that tour i swear to god i loved that tour because the, i had a baby you know there was in there was a uniform mm. there were you going backstage and there are three outfits hanging up and there's me jan joe and there's my three outfits and jan's three outfits and joe's three outfits and i'm like oh my god and you just wear black you can wear whatever you want as long as it's black Mm. you know what I mean so everybody else the, the band wore black she wore color and the dancers wore color we wore black because we're in the background we're supporting the sound no one's looking at the band they're looking at her and the dancers mm. do you know yeah. what I mean so yeah. for me I loved it I'd walk in school walk into work that afternoon and all my three black outfits would be laundered and I'd think oh shall I wear a skirt today or shall I wear trousers bloody loved it Nothing, I, I don't have to think about anything just come in and wear my uniform do you know what I mean yeah yeah Mm. Whereas when you're working with someone like Jay, when, I mean, I do like the dress up, but when you're working with someone like Jay, oh, the endless, oh, what we, what we wearing, what we wearing, that's kind of... Because oh, of the freedom of what the you're allowed to wear. in one way, but it's a constant what yeah. we're wearing, what we're wearing. I much prefer a uniform. I want someone to say, you wear these black trousers and these black shoes and you can wear whatever, a, a black suit and you can wear... And you just get dressed. And for me, that was much easier because I'm gonna put, I want to be concentrating on the vocals, not thinking, oh, what am I gonna wear? Is it my be- is my belly big in this? Are my boobs showing? <laughs> is that oh, because Jay's a man though, or is it because he's not just a man? He's a down to earth man. He's kind of like. Well, Jamiroquai is a band, but it's very interesting. When we're on tour, they got, they refer to Jay as Jamiroquai, and I keep oh. thinking Jamiroquai is a band, but actually, they only think Jay. Yeah. Oh, Jamiroquai's coming, not Jay's coming. Jimiroquai's yeah, yeah, coming. that's odd. Yeah. Okay. So, and really, essentially, he's the one that signed, really. So, so we're the support, but the the band is Jamiroquai. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So whereas with Kylie, it's Kylie. Yeah. Isn't it? On her own, and the band, and she can do whatever she wants. The band, so she would change the band regularly. Really. Yeah, yeah, because she's a pop artist, and pop art is about renewing, renewing, and changing, and changing. Madonna, they change all the time. Whereas, interestingly enough, Madonna keeps her band for, you know, for lot for years. A lot okay. of the same people work with her, so she'll work. She'll have a band, and that whole band will be with her for years. With Kylie, I noticed. I noticed that with Madonna's backing dancers and that they was the same girls for years. There's yeah. a couple, but obviously dancers get older, so you can't. Yeah. Yes. You need young but the, the, but there's Sophia someone of her age I mean she's into her 60s now you you know having someone that's really young next to you really makes you look old so there's all this yeah. kind of thing but think of you don't yeah. think about things like that it's really yeah. interesting and you're and you as an audience member is not going to think that and to be quite honest when you're watching I mean when you were watching when you came to the gig Sasha mm-hmm. you, you were watching the band were you you were watching the band weren't you no I was only watching- look at you and all yeah, but that's because you know me. But if you're yeah. coming as a you're not looking yes, at me. Yes, your eyes are centred on the singer mainly. Yeah. yeah, you ain't looking at him. You're looking. At, you're not looking at me. You're looking at him. You're coming to see Kylie. The band is irrelevant. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it isn't irrelevant. But if you look no. at some of the old, you on YouTube, you'll see it, the old Showgirl tour or whatever. You you can see them on YouTube. Yeah, that was you brilliant. Know, that the stage, the stage is blacked out. We're all wearing black. What you do see are the singers and her. You don't really see us until you actually look, unless the camera focuses on us. But mm, you yes. don't see us, and that's fine by me. I'm not here to be. You know, you know center stage. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I don't, I no, don't I'll get be. it. 
So to, um, to nicely tie things up, where yeah. do you see yourself in another 30 years? Would you look at yourself going into more writing or would you still be performing, do you think? Where do you see yourself in the next 20 to 30 years? But well, I'm going to be really old then, wouldn't I? Um, <laughs> when we you know what? I, I, yeah. You know what I miss? I miss performing. I just miss being on stage. I miss the buzz. So a year of not doing that is really quite hard work. I, I miss that part of um, the industry. But I'm, I've been writing for years. I write. I've got other albums out. I've, I've featured on loads of albums that came out last year, three or four albums yeah. and things like that. So, um, you know, I, 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 I don't know. I Hopefully I'll still be singing because that's something that I'll do anyway. Um, in terms of earning money from singing, I don't know. Mm. You know, I, I, um, the industry is so different now. I mean, you can earn money from music in so many different ways now. Yeah, there's people performing their own stuff in their basements now, got their own YouTube channels. and Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, and that's the thing, I'm really rubbish on social media. I, I should be much more um, prevalent. But I can't be asked. I'm just not that kind of a person. Like, all you say, Sash, that I shine and... On stage, yeah, I'm like, I know I'm good. Yeah. I know I'm not a pig from hell. I know I can polish up nice and I can look good. <clears throat> but really, you know, I haven't worn makeup for two months. Can't, I can't be asked. <laughs> I'm very lazy. Mm. The last time I put on makeup was the last gig I did. Mm. The last yeah. time I put on makeup on was yesterday because I thought you might yeah. be able to see me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was on the 31st of October. And I think I, to my detriment, I should be much more a bigger profile within my within my my backing vocal world I suppose I'm quite known but on the grand skin things more all your listeners won't know who I am they won't know who I am it doesn't matter that's not the point I don't care but mm. no, but the times have changed though haven't they mm. we didn't have all yeah. the media years ago and yeah. TikTok yeah. and all of that nonsense mm. so basically I mean there's people out there that are just known for their boobs, bum, and whatever else. Yeah. Now, yeah. do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And where you've worked the original way for so long, it's sort yeah. of at your comfort zone to then yeah. do yeah, this stuff. Slight, yeah, there's a slight narcissism because in order to be prevalent and really present on uh, social media, you have to post every day, every day, every day, three, four times a day. You've got to do it. You've got to yeah. do it. On all the platforms, like I really love Instagram, but my Instagram profile isn't very big, you mm. know, it's not great, mm. it's not massive, but I don't care enough, and maybe I should care enough. Should I care more? Maybe I should care more, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know It why. depends on what you want to achieve. Well, I just want to earn money, and I want to perform, and I want to sing. Of course I want to earn money. Well, if you want to earn money, then you've got to sort out your Instagram and all of that. Well, that takes us nicely to a closure because, Val, would you like to tell listeners what your Instagram page is? Valerie Etienne Official. There you are. There you have it. But it's all right. I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, and Sash, quickly, do I have to? Do you think I have to? I suppose I do. In this day and age, I think you do. Yeah. Whereas before you were known on your own merits, nowadays you've got to sell yourself. Yourself. Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like I said, I was thinking of going all gate to sell myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe if, I, maybe if I show my tits because they're really good on my. Well, I was just going to say that, tits, Elena. <laughs> maybe that should be your opening page. You'll get loads of views. Uh, I'd so go much. for it. Oh.
Well, thank well, you. Maybe, very you know much. what you should do? Maybe you need to get one of these youngsters mm. to do it for you because it comes as second nature. They won't have yes. to think about it. Yeah, I can do it, but I don't want to reveal too much of myself. And I think it's possible. I do think it's possible to be private on social media. You mm. can be private. So anything that I post is always music related. Or, mm. you know, it's, it's very, it's curated in a particular way. Mm. So it's always something to do with music or, you know, and I have to do it with humour. I cannot be that narcissistic. I cannot. I've got to have some humour. I mean, I, got, I won't give a fuck what my meal... Do I... I don't care what meal I ate, you know. I don't want to show oh, you what Oh, I know. Yeah. I can't be asking all that. I'm yeah, so busy, but I'm on here. Wasting yeah. time. Yeah, the yeah. food thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, right. Val. Much appreciated. It's been a joy Good talking on. to you. Lovely. And um, I wish you all the great success, which I know you will have. Yeah, I have been successful. I feel I've been successful anywhere. Mm. I, yeah, man. I'm talking All about the future. But yeah, the future yeah, holds yeah. many, many wonderful things for you, I'm sure. Yeah. Thanks so much, Val. Thank you very okay. much. Okay. Cool. Speak See soon. See you later. Bye. 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 Bye, babe. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>